Good morning. You're listening to Morning Musings on Divine Mercy Radio with Matthew Hogan. And now, here's Matthew. Good morning, everyone. I'm back to our Hoxie interviews today for a little bit more, and today I talked to a member of one of the oldest families, the, one of the founding members of the parish in Hoxie, and someone who has also been an organist out there for over 40 years. So, pretty impressive stuff. I hope you enjoy. I'm Sally Cameron, Sally Dryling Cameron, and my parents, Hazel and Norb Dryling, were one of the 12 founding families when they started this parish, which was a mission parish from Seguin, I think. And I even have a picture in our family album of my dad standing beside the Army Barracks Chapel from Dodge City when they moved it from (laughs) Dodge City to Hoxie for our first church. So, and another more interesting fact about that was in 98, we are parish celebrated their 50th anniversary yeah and the people that planned it then were making all these plans to have all the founding families you know honored and have a place of you know importance for them except my mother died on thursday and the celebration was on sunday so oh that's tough <laughs> it, was, it was kind of tough but now here we are it's already 25 years later and I, you know, it's kind of interesting but I grew up in Hoxie, and I had I had three other sisters, so there was four of us girls in the family, and we all grew up here. Uh-huh. We all had our first communion here, our confirmation, and then I, my dad was actually about a year away from being ordained before he was told that he probably would not make a good priest. Huh. But, he, but he had two brothers that became priests, really? and they both went, well, actually, my dad came from a family of six boys, and the four youngest boys all went to the seminary as eighth graders. Really? Yeah, they went to the seminary in Rensselaer, Indiana, where the Society of the Precious Blood had a seminary. Wow, that's a long ways away. Yeah, it is. And the two brothers that became priests, there's a college at Rensselaer called St. Joseph's College, which no longer exists, but they both taught there. And uh, because of that, once I finished my high school education in Hoxie, I followed them to St. Joseph's College (laughs) in Rensselaer, Indiana, and went to college there. Really? Yeah. How was that? It was great, because I had an older sister there, my She was a senior my freshman year, and my sophomore year, my little sister was a freshman there, so I always had family around, and my my uncles were around, too. Mm -hmm. I had to take my math classes for my uncles. (laughs) And just to make it more interesting, I went there as a math major. I really wanted to be a music major, but my uncles were the math teachers, so I ended up getting a double major, one in applied piano and one in mathematics. (laughs) I didn't have the courage to tell them I wasn't going to major in math. That's that's an impressive. (laughs) array of achievements. Yes. What have you used what have you used those degrees for at all, if you don't mind me asking? I spent forty eight years as a employee of the first state bank here in Hoxie, Kansas. Mm -hmm. And my last sixteen years I was their internal auditor. Really? And that's where I used the math. Because (laughs) by the time you get a math degree, you're not afraid of any numbers and you know numbers just made sense to me. Mm -hmm. Now when it comes to the applied piano, I have played the organ or the piano in this church since I was in eighth grade. Wow. And I still play every Sunday. And I and another organist do a, do almost all the funerals here. I've been the full-time organist here since so I was about 30. Mm-hmm. And I'm 71 now. So I've been playing the organ for a long time and the, and the piano. Yeah, music is not easy. That's for sure. It, it is for <laughs> me. And it's, it's also my contribution to the church. Yeah. 
you know, I, I just, uh, I firmly believe we have to have music at, at Mass and everything else, so I try to do as much of it as I can. Here's another question that I think might be interesting is, how is it, what is it like working as a Catholic, but as like a member of a secular institution like a bank? You know, no problem at all. None at all? No, I, I never have any trouble with that in Hoxie. You know, my mother always told the story. My mother was an RN in World War II. She was uh-huh. a nurse. And when she came to Hoxie, she was originally from northern Louisiana. Yeah. And she married my dad. They were married in Victoria. And they came out to Hoxie because that's where he ran the Ford garage here. And she and two other ladies in Hoxie all met Hoxie men and came to Hoxie after World War II. And they were all three nurses. One was from New York. One was from Arkansas. Mom was from Louisiana. <laughs> and they became the unofficial public health nurses in our community. Yeah. But Mom said when she first came to Hoxie, a Catholic did not go into a Protestant's home. Really? And a Protestant didn't go into the Catholic homes. They, there was a definite separation between the religions. But she says her and the other two nurses uh, were welcomed into any home. And I like to think that they started breaking down those those barriers between hmm. the Christian religion. And, you know, so by the time I started working at the bank, I can't say that there was any prejudice to, because I was Catholic or I wasn't a Protestant or I wasn't a Methodist or something like that. I, you know, in 48 years, I never experienced any problems with that part of my life. Well, another thing I heard that sounded like it could have possibly helped with that too is is when this church, the one we're in right now, Uh was being built, all of the Protestant denominations across town helped donate so that way this Mm -hmm. church could get built, which I thought was just fascinating. Yeah, and that's really true. And you know, our churches in Hoxie work together quite a bit. One instance is we had a really fine, we had a chemistry teacher in Hoxie and she'd been teaching here for 25 years. She was a single lady and she was a Catholic. We did a lot of things together and she got cancer and we as a community we decided to hold a fundraiser for and uh, a group of about 10 women and I was one of them got together and we contacted each church and asked each church to donate four roasters of soup we had a soup and cookie supper at the 4-H building 4-H building donated the 4-H the rent for the 4-H building for the benefit every church said sure what time do you want it there and what kind of soup do you want no questions (laughs) asked and we asked people for cookies and there was no questions asked and it was very interesting. That was an interesting weekend because we told, we kind of put it out to the, you know, through the Hoxie grapevine that we needed help setting up the 4-H building uh-huh. at 5.30 on a Saturday night. Our supper was on Sunday night and we had, I went up there about 4.30 because I had the plan of how we wanted to set the chairs up and people started showing up and pulling chairs and tables out. We had it set up by the time 5.30 hit and people showed up, it was all set up. <laughs> and then the other thing that happened, I told our committee that I'd be in charge of a silent auction. We, were, you know, The idea was to try to raise money. Mm-hmm. And I sent out about 20 letters to different people in Hoxie asking for a donation, some businesses and stuff like that. Yeah. By the time the night was over, I had 91 items. I had to go home and print more bid sheets and everything <laughs> sold. And you know, even the local implement dealer drove through the door with a gator. That's incredible. Yeah. And before the whole night was over, we'd raised $23,000 wow. in one night. But she also raised all of our kids <laughs> but she was she but she was a Catholic and you know our community is really good about working together what do you think is some of the contributing factors into what makes the community so tight 
Now we just have learned to work together and try not to. It, it's a small town. There's always going to be some negativity somewhere. And it's, it's an interesting town because even though we deal with that negativity sometimes, when the chips are down, this, this head, this community walks out and jumps in and helps everybody. It, I, don't, I, I don't know how you explain that. Maybe it's because we've all tried to work together. I've been here all my life except for four years I went to college. Mm-hmm. And it's always been that way. Anyway, that I saw. I might be naive, <laughs> but it's a neat it's a neat place to live and raise your kids. And I've raised three kids here. Mm-hmm. Of course, none of them live here. <laughs> and so for towns that don't have that community, what do you think would be something they might try to just kind of implement it? They have to, first of all, they have to come up with something that they can do together. Like I said, we have, we have that benefit supper. Hmm. We have our homeown carnival. And we also, have our ministers in town have what they call an ecumenical minister, or they call it the ministerial alliance. And where all the ministers sit down at a table and talk things out too. You know, you, you have to find things and invite somebody to do them with you. Yeah. So, you, you know, somebody has to initiate the contact and say, let's go do this together. Because it used to not be that way. No, it didn't. When my mother first came here, it was not that way. Yeah. And gradually it's gone the other direction. We will now return to the Sunrise Morning Show.